Scratch that. This is the best black podcast that in the world. Uh, I don't know how you <laughs> Welcome to what we missed in wrestling, our, our wrestling podcast from the folks of Brothers Comics, uh, where we go back to a period of time in wrestling where we had stopped watching. Uh, if you listened to last week's show, thank you. Uh, where we talked about the Royal Rumble and our really not that familiar history with the WWE and F back then. Well, now, tonight, we're going to get into something that we are very familiar with. Although, as, as a caveat, I don't remember any of the stuff that we're about to watch tonight. Uh, on the line tonight, I have my uh, two favorite uh, ring managers. Uh, my the, We're the trios champions, the six-man tags. Uh, on the line, it's Brother Beavis, man, or Magnum BB. What's going on, man? Paul Jones. <laughs> Build that army, baby. Yes, for sure, man. <laughs> If you're on YouTube, you can see uh, one of the greatest moments in NWA wrestling history <laughs> about to unfold in that moment uh, as Pez Watley turns heel on uh, Jimmy Valiant. Also, and the precursor to the moment that you will never convince us was not a complete <laughs> shoot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also on the line, uh, and maybe he'll tell us how he got hustled by Jimmy Valiant's story at Dragon Con at some point. Uh, it's Pecos. What's going on, man? Hello, everyone. That's yeah. awful. <laughs> That's like one of your great stories. Uh, uh, much like uh, Matrix Cakes. Uh, 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 gem of a story. Uh, so, to set, uh, <laughs> so to set the show tonight, uh, we are going back to 1989, February of 89 to the, the number. Rumble. That's right. Chi-Town Rumble, uh, the NWA's pay-per-view offering at that particular time. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our history with the uh, WCW, but really NWA at this point in time. Uh, there's some of our favorite wrestlers on this card. Uh, I'm going to defend a wrestler that gets a lot of shit here later on in one of these matches. And like last week, we have one watch along. This week, we're going to watch uh, Magnum Brother Beavis's favorite tag team of all time, the Road Warriors, uh, against the Varsity Club, which was Kevin Sullivan and uh, Dr. Death Steve Wood. We will play the very morbid game of R.I.P. like we played oh, that's uh, awful. <laughs> during the Royal Days again. This one isn't fairly, that bad, though. Yeah, I was going to say, fairly enough, it's really um, not that bad. Um, it's really not. So we're going to go through the matches, up to the watch-along, and then we'll finish with the main event. Um, so just as a preamble, we are or were huge N.W.A. marks, okay? The 605 show on TBS was our shit. Like, that was it. It was appointment television. Um, Worldwide Wrestling, which was the Saturday morning show, pretty much the same thing. Hutch, remember when Ma used to make us go to the grocery store and we'd wind up missing wrestling, though? That that was never fun. Yeah, something like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. But the 605 show where is most of this is where it's going on. So, yeah, this is this is it, Brother Beavis. Nothing happened worse in the world when the Braves freaking ran long and we missed our Saturday night show. Well, I think the Braves were more, they like, they got the 635 Sunday show every week, but I don't, I think it was a special occasion, but now this was our shit, but this is now a post dusty world, a post Nikita world, a post yeah. four horsemen world. We just saw the brain, the, the so-called brain busters last mm. week, uh, yeah. Arn and Tully or last time Arn and Tully in the WWF. Mm. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the, the beginning of an era. I think, 
uh, Flair is the booker at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe. But I can't remember what the management above him and how they're screwing it up. So yeah, and there's about to be massive changes here. Flair's not much long for this. I think in less than a year that he's out of here as well. Um, yeah, lots of changes as Jim Hurd comes in to run WCW after the merger uh, when TBS buys it. So yeah, it's it's a lot bad going on. But even before that. I was trying to pinpoint, and maybe you can think about it. I don't know. And we did this with the podcast last week. I don't know when I stopped watching here. Uh, I, I think I do. There's things that I kind of remember, but I don't know. So Rock and Roll Express, they're gone. They're not a part of this anymore, correct? Like, they're gone. Yep. This ain't the new breed, so that's gone. I so, think that you the the – you remember Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude beating the Rock and Roll Express for sure, right? right? Yeah. So and I that, think that was when you quit. Yeah, I think that was sometime in '88, and that's probably <laughs> shortly after that is the line of demarcation. Okay. Yeah. 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 Rock and Roll losing to those two that probably didn't help. Although I remember, like I said, I remember the the rematch that we saw at the Gardens in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, and I and I remember watching them try, you know, get screwed out of the title on Worldwide all the time, you know, not knowing that that's just how they screwed babyfaces all over at the time. But I just I can't pinpoint a moment where I was just like, you know what, I don't remember that. Like, there's some things I remember. Like, I kind of remember this Midnight Express original Midnight Express angle, kind of, sort of. I remember before Tully and Arn left that they were feuding with the Midnight Express. Midnight Express, yeah, that were babyface right around that time. Yeah, so I, I it is like kind of vague memory. You I you but you remember Polly dangerously in WCW, right? Uh but yeah, again, with the ri- yeah. original Midnights. Yeah, yeah, so it it would have been right around that time. It would have been like late 88, I think. Okay. How's you uh in the army now, sir? Yes, uh none of this rings nothing. I saw 10 <laughs> hours of TV. 10 hours in A 3 week? years. Oh, in 3 I years. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Okay. Six of it was National Geographic. No, not even that, sir. Uh, right. I barely saw Doug Williams win the Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's rough. Now, now, Brother Beavis, do you have a moment here that you remember? Like, I, you know, I don't remember any of this. Do you remember this? The So this pati- – oh, I I don't know if I remember this match, but I definitely remember this the Flair Steamboat feud because the second one – was on Clash of the Champions. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know how we would have seen it, but the the third match and the angle that finishes it, I definitely saw that as well. That's where they transition into the Flair Terry Funk feud. So I was okay, at yeah, least yeah. marginally involved at this time. Um yeah, so I, I was still at least watching on the DL at least. <laughs> Just didn't have any friends to talk about it with. So yeah. I was that much sadder. <laughs> Yeah, I think I definitely was out. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely was out. Oh, all right. So there's seven matches on this particular car. Like I said, um, in the setup, we're going to do a watch along from there. Going to, you know, kind of talk about the matches, like kind of peripherally. Um, and like I said, play RIP, unfortunately. All right. So here we go. Match number one. It's Michael P.S. Hayes versus the Russian assassin. Is it number one? 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I think the Russian assassin number one is the angel of death, okay, which would great. make sense because he was uh, he would have been a UWF acquisition. Mm, and okay. they and now this is a post Nikita world, a post Crusher Khrushchev world because he's in demolition. Mm. And Ivan was 997 mm. when we started watching it, so he's at least a thousand years old now. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Two things. One, Michael Michael Hayes sucks. Like he sucks. Like clearly Terry Gordy carried the free birds. Yes, he could talk a little bit, and hey. obviously he thought he could dance, and he loved. He he thought he was Van. Hey, he thought he was. Sandy David Lee Roth, David Lee yeah, Roth or yeah. a mix, yeah. yeah. But his he's the, his work in this match is decent, and he yeah. works the crowd. I mean, like this is not an embarrassing match. This is just like Michael Hayes versus Russian Assassin number one wow. with Paul Jones, yeah, for but, for for fifteen minutes. Yes, right. and that was the other part. Okay, so we ran the WWEF so much for them not like kind of focusing on the wrestling and focusing on the gimmicks. One of the reasons we were attracted to the NWA was that they didn't do that. But it does have a drawback when the opening match on your pay-per-view is a mid-carder versus a under-carder and you no make it go 16 minutes. Like, yeah. what, what, Michael Hayes had a wrestling card. He couldn't have been more than two priority. Two and he, a half. You know, he, he, he was four, I think. I would say. Oh, you had it back. He, he, he this last week. Five he could have been three, three. He could have been right. He's a three. Yeah, three. He might have been a four. That's awful. He had to been like it. He was probably a three three, and the rat was like a two three plus, maybe. Yeah. And Bam Bam uh, uh, was he, probably a four three, yeah. if I had to guess, because yeah. they would have they would have pushed Bam Bam down the card in that game. Yes, for sure. Like he just yeah. And now obviously I didn't like the free birds. Don't like all of that freaking Confederacy stuff. Like, and then they were hated freaking heels for the most part. You know, when I used to watch it on other televisions, say like when they were in um in Dallas or in what was that world not world world class world class yeah like feud with them you know everybody cheered for the Von Eric. I liked him in the UWF because it was great because Michael Hayes would run his mouth while Gordy was gone and then they would always have matches and Buddy Roberts yeah. who I cannot stand which is yeah. beat up the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> He was the man, he took a, he's the he rat of free birds. And then he, Gordy he would just show up and like settle all the arguments they had built up like four weeks in advance, just beat everyone's ass, mm. and then off they would go. So, right. yeah, yeah, I, that's good. I, I I failed to mention at the start there. Our commentators today are Jim Ross and Magnum TA, and I have a note here. We have to really talk about our love, for lack of a better word, of Magnum TA. Uh, as you can see from brothers uh, Nick here in the, on the YouTube I'm channel, gonna, I'm gonna step back a bit. <laughs> go, go right ahead. Look, Magnum was awesome. He was awesome. Like his matches were quick on the Saturday Night Show, but then when they gave him an opportunity to wrestle big matches on Worldwide or on Saturday Night, like he was good then too. Like I mean, he was a classic baby face, Southern baby face. The mustache, the hair, I mean, he was built like a freaking brick shit house. Like, I mean, dude had everything, you know, and him, that accident obviously ended his career, or whatever. But I mean, I think a little bit of our wrestling innocence was stolen that day, too, brother. B. I agree. I mean, like, he, yeah, his matches, like, I don't think we cared that they were anywhere from six to 18 seconds. It's <laughs> like, you get that drop kick and the belly, yep. belly, 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 belly was death. That yep. was like COVID-19 
1988. <laughs> if you got the belly to belly, you were out. That was that it. Was that it. was it. No, you were Two done. Um, but yeah, that, and he was really like at the height that, that, that feud with Nikita. Yeah. Three, three. Yeah, the best of um, seven series. And, uh, you know, all title. we knew was he was probably going to get programmed for the world title and then woke up reading like Alex Marvez's little, the little paragraph he would get yeah. in the Dayton Daily News talking about mm. what? what? Yeah. Wait, what? And, and, When's he yeah. coming back? Never? Yeah. Never? Oh, God, yeah. And then there was the interim where like he was sad and limping and they tried to work him into matches. Mm. Now that was a sweet, well, that was a great angle when like Tully, like, Tully was like, I don't care how crippled you are. I'm yeah. still punching you in the face. And Dusty mm. went crazy and got yes, suspended. And we got another minute. Yes, yeah. that was great. Too. So when this oh. first came up, I was like, oh, here's some charity shit. But Magnum's actually pretty decent on commentary. And I think yes. that goes to like how much he had developed on the mic over like he doesn't bring the fire that he had as a baby face wrestler. But I, he's he's solid color commentator. Yeah, he was much better than I thought. Because I remember when he was came back originally, they had paired him with like Missy Hyatt to do yep. some dumb stuff. Yeah, I was like, man, it was like kind of just sad, like watching him because it was so sad, just like what had happened. But then he wasn't really good at it. But uh, this commentating is actually really good here. Uh, and then this is before it got to be good old Jr. You know, Jim Ross at this point, no black hat, none of that ridiculousness that became as he got gimmicked up in WWF. Yep. Like, Jim Ross reminds so me reminds me calling OU football at this yeah. point. Like this is a this is every bit of a sporting event for Jim. Yes, for sure. Like a legitimate sporting event. Yeah, he's not thinking of this as like uh some work commentary. So yeah, all right. All right, so yeah, so good old JR and him. Uh yeah, so Michael Hayes wins in about 20 minutes. It was probably 10 minutes too long, I would say. With the DDT, I think. Yes, with the DDT is the finish. That's another note that's going to be coming up here. And I'll save it then. But yeah, Michael Hayes goes over. We don't care. Hutch, did you remember the Freebirds? Were you a fan at all? I like the Freebirds. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't put the the Confederate flag brand on them. I knew that was their thing and whatnot. I mean, I thought they were great heels, and I love the Freebird rule. Yeah. Um, to change any uh any two wrestlers. <laughs> <could> wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was cool. Yeah, but yes, cool. poor buddy, buddy Roberts got his ass beat. Yes. Man, he took he took ass whoopings like nobody yes. else. Well, I mean, again, whenever there was a sixth man, you knew who was getting pinned. So. <laughs> <laughs> trios, yeah, trios match. Oh, excuse me. All right, match number two on the card: Sting versus Butch Reed. Butch Reed, R.I.P. Uh, February twenty twenty one. Uh, managed by Hiro Matsuda. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, November of '99. And and do, do we have a, a status on Paul Jones? Is he still alive? Or oh, I did not pull that one. Uh, I, there's no chance he's alive. Well, Barry Marasky is alive. That means anybody can be alive. <laughs> oh, uh, he did. He, he did. did. Okay. R.I.P. Paul Jones. Yeah, that all makes yes. Build that heavenly army, baby. All right. Sorry. Anyway, so the whole thing with like Dusty just putting. Putting Jimmy Valiant and Paul Jones and everybody like in a corner, like <laughs> this is like his house show crew. It's, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. so over with the house show. But yeah, like, y'all just... play in that little box over there, but don't bother <laughs> any of this good shit over here. That's yeah. a really useful revelation because I feel like at the like all the time back in this time we're like Ugh, Paul Jones Army, Baron Rashke, oh T. Joe Khan, <laughs> yeah. Barbarian, oh yeah, hey. all right. 
All right, AKA so Big Hutch's entire stable. That's correct. That card wrestling game. That is correct. Don't hate. Appreciate. Sad. Uh, all right. So if we talked about our love for Magnum TA, I was a little stinger, y'all. Like, for sure. <laughs> oh my god! I was oh, a little yeah. stinger. Yep. Stinger I mean, was my dude. Like after the rock and roll left, I guess that was probably my next baby face person that I cheered for. Love you loved it before that. No, uh, well, pretty much once the merger happens with UWF, I think the rock and roll pretty much are phased out. Because they did his face point. turn in the UWF. It was him and right. Rick Steiner mm-hmm. um, under Eddie Gilbert's leadership or whatever, and then they finally did his. They, that, yeah, they were they were both great. Yeah, they were yeah, all great. Actually, all three of them were great. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I was I mean I was a stinger man. You know, <gasps> oh, you know all of that. Like I loved Sting, man. Stinger splashes, the hair, the the freaking paint, like all of those types of things. And yeah, I mean, so I have no, I mean, nobody, y'all, I mean, I think y'all like Sting, but y'all weren't like babyface marks like I was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's awful. Okay. So wait, Big Hutch, did you, did you have any, did like, did you like any babyface wrestlers? I'm thinking. Did you like, you had to like Dusty, right? I, yeah, I like Dusty. And the, I guess the Road Warriors were, were faced kind most of, of the time. Faces, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like them whooping people's asses. Yeah. Um, who, who, uh, I kind of like Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. That go with them. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Okay. This match is okay. It's a classic big man match. You know, Butch Reed, you know, listening to some of these older podcasts or whatever, how over Butch Reed was in the South, but. He, you know, a super glass ceiling, a, a black glass ceiling covered there that, you know, he could do everything. He looked like a million bucks. He could talk. He could wrestle. He was, you know, I mean, all of those things, but he was and, never and going to loved him. Yeah, he was never going. Yes, he was never going to get the title or anything because he was black. Like, I mean, they would tease it. And he I guess he had a bunch of matches with Flair or whatever in Mid-South for the championship. But obviously, they was never going to put the title on it. But like you know, and this is post natural Butch Reed and pre Doom Butch Reed. Pre Doom, right? Yeah, and he comes back great. Like I mean, I like Doom. I, I was watching at some point in time when Doom came back with him. Um, and who's that? Tony? A- not Tony Atlas. Um, Ron Simmons. Simmons with Ron Simmons. So I remember some versions of that. So you know, that would have been and, good. And he's the one who likes feet. No, that's that Tony, Tony Atlas. Atlas. That's Tony Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> Also, RIP, I think, recently as well. Um, so, yeah, the Let's Go came at, you know. But here's my other note. What I'm noticing in here, and I don't know if it's just the NWA thing or, it's like, well, we do real wrestling here. This match was also probably a little too long, too long. In, in the tooth as well. But ain't nobody getting pinned with finishers, y'all. <laughs> what was like the finish of this one? I can't remember. A roll-up. Oh, yeah. Well, for, for the Russian assassin up? one got beat with a finisher. Well, but that dude's a jobber. So, yeah. but yes, well, like, and there's a couple of dusty finishes here coming up. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's just like, you know, now in, in modern wrestling, everybody gets pins with finishers or tapping out or, you know, like, damn, that never happened. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever gave up. And you definitely didn't lose matches to your finisher, you know, not a, like a real match. And now that happens like all the time. And so I do bring up this, though, about last night's AEW show. Speaking of uh, modern wrestling, there was a huge, terrible botch last night with Sting and the Young Bucks. Um, he uh, 
they turn they you know whatever feud and factions that are going on he gets hit with a chair shot like sting and no sells it you know completely you know gets hit with that like bah no sells it but then near the end of the thing he gets hit with the worst super kicks ever not in the <laughs> chin hitting in the shoulders like on his arms on his biceps and he had to sell it like it was something and fell out so he no show no no sold a chair shot but he went down on a double super kick to the bicep awful just just awful so yeah when sting came back to AEW I was hyped when sting went to WWF finally I was super hyped and then they jobbed him out to freaking everybody and Seth Rollins almost ended his life and paralyzed him and that was pretty much the end so yeah and, and Butch read out with Hiro Matsuda rest in peace yes RIP for Hiro Matsuda as well yeah but um, you know decent enough match you know like I said yeah I don't know if there was anything behind this I I I think this is kind of a cold match and this is about, they're about to start to try and transition staying into the flare storylines yeah. here. But no, wait, now, is this, is this prior to the one hour broad? No, this was eight. That was 88 with the one out. No, of, no, it's that's, that's, I think at the tail end of the year, because, okay. because he's, they, he goes through the whole feud with Ricky steamboat and then Terry funk. And then I think sting comes in the picture and gets hurt. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I do remember watching that class of the champions where Stain goes to do the one hour Broadway or whatever <laughs> with Flair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did the one hour time limit thing. And right. yeah, and that like elevated Stain to a completely different level, you know, something. All right. Next up, uh, yeah, roll ups, sunset flips, wrestling moves. That's it. Third match on the card. Is this it? Is this it? Is this really it? Yeah. It's the original Midnight Express versus the Midnight Express with their managers, Paul Lee Dangerously and Jim Cornette. All right. Yeah. So we got to go here. We all talk about this all the time. All right. We're going to give our love for Jim the Cornette original. later. Oh. We're going to give our love for Jim Cornette later because he provides us with a solid, conservatively, eight hours of solid entertainment every week, <laughs> conservatively. Like the podcast posted today, I was like, how long is this? Four hours and 14 minutes. Okay, so solid. And not only that, but uh, particularly like the the topic of conversation lately has been how bad AEW is. So not only giving us eight hours, <laughs> but saving me like probably yeah, eight hours, two hours, yeah, two hours <laughs> at least two hours a week. So yeah, that helps for sure. So we're gonna come back to Jim Cornette. All right, Midnight Express. I hate him. Boy, they was rock, reeling with the rock and roll, man. The Dennis Condry and and Bobby Eaton and R.I.P. Bobby Eaton. Uh, that was what last mm. year. Yeah. Um, look, I hate him. Hate him so much. <laughs> but they work. That Stan Lane, Bobby Eaton version of Midnight Express, <laughs> freaking awesome, man. <laughs> brought something more to that team that. I don't know what. And even when they feuded with the rock and roll, it was hard for me to cheer. Again. <laughs> like Stan Lane is, was amazing working. with Bobby Eaton, just a, an absolute amazing working. tag team. Uh, right. Share your thoughts about the midnights. Good, big gotcha. Um, I like the, I like the original midnight express. When they beat the crap out of the Rock and Roll Express. Of course you did. <laughs> I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, you know, beautiful Bobby. Uh, he would, I mean, he worked the ropes. 
Um, Dennis Condry kind of limited, I think so. He might have been the the only of of the midnight <laughs> uh, version. But he, I mean, but he, you can hate him. He, he could do the hate thing, and you could hate on him. But I, he didn't do a lot of talking either. But he, I mean, he did what he had to do. He was the enforcer of the group. He did that. But yes, when you put when you added the uh, next step with a uh, family. He was. I, I really. I liked him before he became a Midnight Express person. I liked yeah. him afterwards. He was, and he is great. Yeah, was it in the Fabulous Ones? Was that the group that yeah. he, the tag team he was in? Right. Yeah, when yeah. he came over. I can imagine just because the Midnight Express caused your brother so much angst <laughs> that Big Hutch had a soft spot for the uh, the Midnight Express. Sir, yes, sir. So yeah, I never did. like. I never really liked. I I didn't dislike them but i was never really interested in them uh i look back now and i have to give way more credit to dennis condry than i ever did but like yeah. he looked like he was 70 when, <laughs> we were, when we were watching so but like he's 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 actually very great um and but i totally agree with stanley and they were better but the other thing is like i never really cared about the rock and roll express and it seemed like that was always what they're into but i did like the fantastics so mm, the, I, I when like they were wrestling yeah, the fantastics i was more anti road warrior but you what? know obviously i'm sorry anti uh midnight express uh, uh, mm. and then obviously jim Cornette carried the load as far as commentary and interviews and he you know was great then and continues to be great right. but also me. like when they had the feud with the horsemen when they had the yeah. feud with the original midnights then mm-hmm. that was a very quick oh let me get on the midnight express bandwagon now that's very quick turn for me yeah when they started the feud with Oli and or Oli Arn and Tully right mm. before they left for the WWF. I was like, oh, I'm cheering for the Midnight Express. Now you gave mm. me a reason to. Like, I'm cheering <laughs> for the freaking Midnight Express. And you know, and it didn't go on for very long, you know, but that was there. But I mean, yeah, that version of Midnight Express is just great. I mean, again, Dennis Condry was Dennis Condry. He who was what he was, but they got infinitely better. And Wait, I know no I know nobody knows that we listen listens to whatever, but the fact that they're not in the freaking WWF Hall of Fame is an absolute travesty. And, and now they and fucked we all it up know why. by letting Bobby Eaton die and not putting them in. And that's just. And we all know why. Just, yeah. Well, it's right. Cornette. I mean, you know. Right. Right. It's Cornette. Cornette has been speaking with his truth. And most of it's very true. And he doesn't like the dude that runs wrestling. But how do you let the rock and roll in? And didn't and he then, do the induction Cornette, speech yeah, for exactly, the runner? Let Cornette induct them in, but then not put in the midnight? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, hey, Pete Rose is always outside the... That's uh, fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's selling, fair. Selling autographs. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, so we are big. We are all Cornette guys or what, what, what in the cult, I would guess you would say. Yeah. We're all in the cult. We, you know, we listen Hold to the, me with extra cheese. Yes, yeah, I listen to the show fairly religiously. Mag, Magnum BB and, and Young and Young yes, that <laughs> podcaster in the world. Yeah. Is yes, uh, yeah, very interesting. Yes, sir. yeah, we, um, I, I mean, I, I wait for the show to come out. I listen to it when I walk, work out, whatever. Like, it's just, it's hours of entertainment, it's historical information that you never knew. It's perspective that you would, you know, an all told, you know, through I never the heard of K-Fab until him. 
well, yeah, kayfabe. And kayfabe, but also, yeah. it's told through the mouth of somebody who just doesn't give a fuck at this point. Like he doesn't care. He's not trying to protect anybody. He's not trying to get a job. He just doesn't care. And so since he's oh, he, I, he does care, and at the same time he don't care. Well, he cares about the wrestling business. Right. With the wrestling right. business that he knows is dead. So you know why bother trying to protect it? You know he just doesn't care. So uh, and shout out to Brian Last. Good couple. Yeah, shout out Good to Brian host. Last. Absolutely, yes. Shout out to Hawaiian Brian, the podcaster Brian for sure. But yeah, just so this match as a loser leave town. Hey, sorry, lazy booking. Uh, as uh, Dennis Condry has dipped out again on uh, <laughs> on the NWA, <laughs> replacing with Jack Victory, uh, also ran from the UWF days. The uh, Midnight Express beats the original Midnight Express. Cornette even gets in a couple of elbow drops, and right. you know, I mean, it's no, just no, a manager no. match, whatever. But yeah, it, it was entertaining enough. I don't think anybody had thought that the Midnight Express were losing, but in the same breath, listening to this, they're pretty much going to be out of here fairly soon too. Yeah. You know. and they tried to sell like, oh, the edition of Jack Victory was a master stroke uh, yeah. designed to do. Yeah, I was like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Victor is not very good at anything. Uh, and then I remember watching, like, you know, on the sneak coming home, like <laughs> when Paulie dangerously was come back there and he had had like the dangerous alliance or whatever. This was like in the 90s, probably 91-ish, maybe 92-ish, you know, where he had Steve Austin and Zabisco, all. Yeah, and Bobby. Like they had like a real. Uh, yeah, dangerous alliance was legit. Yeah, they had a real good crew there, but you know nobody was watching wrestling at that point, so nobody really cared. But I, I, I do remember that. You know, and Paulie's still around; he ain't dead. You know, he's in WWF or E. Uh, he's uh, the mouthpiece for Roman Reigns. Um, you know, I see him on, you know, uh, Twitter all the time or whatever. So you know, he's still around. Um, all right. So yeah, so yeah, our, that's our love for Midnight Express. The Midnight Express wins. The loser leaves town match, and then yeah, that's it. All right. But it is still weird seeing them be baby faces, you know, seeing Stan Lane doing his little dances for cheers as opposed to taunting. He's like, mm-hmm. ah, come on. <laughs> I, have you seen, have you ever been on the internet and seen Stan Lane like in mo and like any recent time? No, he looks pretty good. He just has no hair. Mm. Like, yeah, he's still tan. Still, he looks pretty good. Like, I think I heard somewhere he does. Um, you know, where they do speedboat racing and those mm. things. He does commentary for that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something Stan Lane would do. <laughs> that sounds exactly like something he would do. All right. Anyway. All right. Match number four, y'all. Uh, it's the dog face Grimley. Oh, 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 oh. Rick Steiner versus. I, I, I like them too when they were good. I forgot. Yeah. My, yeah for that moment. Yeah. I forgot how over Rick Steiner was. He I know was I've heard people say that. Yeah. I forgot just how over he was. Yeah, this is a great match. Yes, yeah, and yeah, him yeah. versus IRS or Mike Rotunda. Well, this to be fair, this is pre-IRS. This is yeah. pre when they had to put gimmicks. This is like, I think the the last best Mike Rotunda we get. Yes, before that, and, and this is him coming back from WWF himself after being there. Was that eighty five, eighty? What happened a while ago? Before that. Where he was there when he was with Wyndham. That's like Wyndham, 85, yeah. 86-ish, yeah. right? Something like that. And then and he Keith. comes back. Because weren't they all in the varsity club together? Like with uh, Kevin Sullivan, Dr. Yeah. Jeff, Rick Steiner. Uh, yeah, that the thing with the varsity, like I don't – I never understood like <laughs> – 
Kevin Sullivan's. Yeah. What, 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 what college did he yes. go to? <laughs> like I could get, Evil? Yeah, I could oh, get no. like uh, Harvard, Yale, Rotunda and Steiner and <laughs> and and Doctor Death, but was, that's that's the whole thing with this match we got coming up. I'm like, what varsity was Kevin <laughs> Sullivan? Yes. The varsity of evil. Yes. Uh, yeah, but so he went from mid 80s WWF to the AWA in Florida Championship Wrestling and then was just Mike Rotunda uh, uh, Varsity Club and then we get IRS and then VK Wall Street and Captain yeah. Mike all the he what they they start putting gimmicks on him and he's not a gimmick wrestler he's no. just a decent wrestler that is great in a tag team or needs a mouthpiece or whatever right yeah and he's a uh, like he's got third generation or whatever his daughter's i think uh one of the wrestlers in wwe i'm not sure what her name is fiend is that her the okay. fiend, no bray wyatt is, is bray wyatt okay yeah. that's yeah okay I, I knew he had like a kid or something there that was wrestling or something but yeah it's a good match um like i said this is for the tv title uh, the nwa tv title which we all affectionately call the arn anderson title uh because <laughs> arn anderson is the greatest tv champion of all time and uh yeah, but we get a dusty finish here. And if you're not familiar with that term, as Dusty being the booker uh in the NWA for a good period of time, he's about to get shit canned and wind up in the WWF here soon too. He did um, get shit canned. He's currently oh, in Florida. Okay, he's not yeah, he hadn't made it up to be polka dot dust. No, he's trying yeah. to create the Fort Florida promotion at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um where he needed that money, that influx of cash that Vince could have gave him. And um yeah, he's he's gone, but the dusty finish lives on. And it, basically, it's just a screw job finish where you don't get a real winner or there's some sort of controversy. And, you know, he's he was known for it. Maybe it was called that then or maybe it was an Internet thing now uh, in recent years. But, yeah, this is a dusty finish where, you know, Steiner puts the freaking sleeper hold on him and return to falls asleep and he falls on top of him. But Steiner gets pinned like and Kevin Sullivan came out midway to suggest that they had absconded with his dog backstage. And yeah. Scott Steiner is there doing nothing, yes. can't yes. do anything to Sullivan or check on the dog or anything. So, yeah, it was, but ooh, yeah, so, ooh, ooh. but Rotunda was, or Steiner was the TV champ and drops the bell here. Yeah. In a screw job way here. Too, yeah. For sure. It just makes no sense. Are you a Steiner fan? I did like the Steiners. Mm. Yeah. I like the Steiners, but I also like, like I said, Rick Steiner. I like, I forgot, like his like standing clotheslines and suplexes. Oh, oh, were great, were, right? Ooh. Yeah. And then Scott right. brought all that <laughs> plus, plus the like yeah. the billion, yeah. the billion, yeah, and and, and, and able to fly and Frankenstein'ers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah he was. He, he, was really he, he lived the gimmick. Well, they yeah, both they lived it, but damn, oh, he went to a whole new level with it. I, did we talk about this where they got it when they went into the Hall of Fame? They just went in themselves this year, this year uh, right. into the WWE Hall of Fame, um, which is ridiculous in and of itself. They both obviously should have been in long ago, but that's obviously because of Scott um, and his mouth, you know. But it, it was fine enough or whatever, you know. I mean, you get God, what you got to be a damn near sixty years old after what? Like seriously, like just put these motherfuckers into the Hall of Fame. Like what? Yeah, what does it even matter? Seventy years old. I mean, hell, on, hell, we're hell, we're damn near sixty. I understand that. But, <laughs> but, but, and they but, were smoking dope and everything. Hell, when we were uh, teenagers, the thing that he was injected into his body was worse than dope. Probably. Well, they did it oh. all, and they mm. did it all quickly. Yeah. 
I mean, so <laughs> right. So anyway, if they're at least ten years older than us, at yeah, least I, I know. I just I hate the fact me. that a lot of these dudes get in posthumously. It just bothers me. Like they're yeah. alive. There's nothing technically really wrong with them other than beef that you might have had. Just put them in the fridge. Yeah. Like it's not like it's a real Hall of Fame anyway. But it's real to me, damn it. So it's real enough. No, all right. Match five, y'all. Another dusty finish. Barry Windham. Essentially the same finish. Yes, exactly. But Barry Windham and Lex Luger for the United States Heavyweight Champion. I got two things. All right. One, don't think I ever knew how good Barry Windham was until I was an adult. (laughs) When you go back and watch his stuff, it's like, man, why do his matches all seem so smooth and clean? (laughs) <laughs> like wow, dude is good. He's a two. he was a, a technician, yeah. He was too. Lex Luger is way better than the shit that he got, man. Like people gave him so much shit for Including being us. No, no, I don't think I don't think I mean, we didn't know then, but even like by the time he got to like Nitro Luger, like he was a really good wrestler. He could finally talk to like I mean he was perfectly fine then. And people give him shit all the time, but like Luger was Luger was much better than people said he was. Brother Beavis, you were nodding your head in agreement. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a we had a sun a Saturday morning forty five minute flare window match that was our clue. But yeah, the lariat <laughs> and all that. Yeah, it's like it's so smooth. I guess the knock has always been like when Barry cares, he's great, and then yeah. when Barry doesn't, he he doesn't. So yeah. we get a. We get a seemingly kind of caring. They do a great job on commentary of selling like all his yeah, Widowmaker right. stuff with the right. lariat and the claw and the mm-hmm. superplex. And yeah. Lexus has all these figured out like the great gamesman he is. These guys are good physical matchup. This is just a, you know, a solid match. Good psychology works to the end. And this, this was a good match. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's a great match. Again, dusty finish. Similar to the finish yeah. that we just had. Yeah, you but get a back get... suplex and the sh- one shoulder up, one shoulder <laughs> down. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. But let's let's talk about two. One, you know, him using the claw like his dad for Blackjack mm-hmm. Mulligan for Barry Wyndham or whatever. Like you know, that's like a thing. You know, and the glove. Then, yeah, and we didn't know. You know, we didn't know then, or like like a rumor because you didn't really know that. Oh, that's his father or whatever. But like. I just I just hate the fact that people hated on Luger so much. Like, yeah, he was, I mean, he was fine. He was good enough for what he was doing. Like, I don't think I don't understand the hate, whatever. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, he was a great power wrestler, and he could, you know, he could work well enough, and he was good enough on the microphone. I think probably better as a heel than a face. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, they did a. I think they did at least a one, maybe a two part podcast with uh, JR and like his takeaway was like, well, I don't know if this was their conclusion, but it kind of pointed out like Flair never put him over Mm. and like Flair never kind of passed the torch to legitimize him. And his best work was in the the WCW Mm. without Flair's sort of legitimizing him. And then he was a joke in the WWF because they tried to make him the new Hogan and that didn't work. And then he was just what he was in a WCW modern era that was eventually dominated by Hogan in the NWO. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Lex Express. I do remember that. Oh. Because, you know, when people jumped ship back then, it was like, you know, holy shit, Lex Luger in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Like, how, wait, what, I, I need to know how that happened. And 
you know, but I didn't like watch the matches or whatever. I just remember, oh, it was Alex Express, and you know, oh, he, I think, was supposed to beat Yokozuna was a champion, and they right. screwed him out of it. And right. It didn't work, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I know. I, I just, I just hate the hate that you know he gets all that hate, you know, and that and Luger had obviously a very tough life, you know, near. Now he's not dead, not on our RIP list, but I mean, just shit went super south there. Um, after a while, and I don't know if that's just having a you know soft spot for him. If you've seen Barry Windham recently, uh, he looks like he's the dude that ate Barry Windham. Yeah, uh, he's huge. Like, like how in the world did he get to be that point? Because yeah, he never lifted a weight in his life, as you could tell when he was wrestling. But we look back at Luger, I think, as a really solid U.S. champ, but he could have been world champ, and I just don't think he was ever like he didn't get elevated. He he had the belt, but he never really got elevated to the belt by anybody. So. And these dudes have a huge history because I do remember that, you know, when Wyndham turned on Luger yeah. and joined the Horseman, you know, like when Luger was there in the Horseman and then he turned on him and, you know, Wyndham joined the Horseman. It's like, oh, yeah, shit. Was, was the sequence of events was Luger was, Luger was in the Horseman and then got kicked mm-hmm. out of the Horseman when Ole came back. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then team with Barry and then Barry. Yeah. Yeah. And he turned on him. Yeah, and I is, remember that. Is there a Horseman at this point? I don't think so because the only one there is Flair. Flair, Wyndham, and I don't, I don't think, think so. Arn was there, but no, Arn's not there. He's in the Brainbusters. No, I don't think there's a Horseman there. Nope. But, but Hiro Matsuda also manages Ric Flair and Barry mm-hmm. Wyndham and Butch Reed. Oh yeah, he's R.I.P. for all of them. By the way, yeah, that's why. I-, I think when <laughs> Arn, I think when Arn comes back, they reform the Horseman with mm-hmm. unfortunately Paul Roma. With- Yes, and without Tully, who's yeah, 25-year drug suspension. Yeah, all right. Okay, our next matchup, y'all, is the watch-along. So if you have Peacock, by the way, and I hear people complain about this, Peacock is just a terrible uh, service in terms of, like, its streaming possibilities. Like, you know, take out the outside effect that you have to watch the commercials if you don't pay the extra money. But, like, you can't, like, fast forward. Like, it's just not good. Like, this is not good. All the, right. Any they're, streaming they're, service with commercials is trash. Yeah, this is bad. So, but is our Matt, go ahead, Hutch. You got a commentation. Well, I was going to say, uh, we, we could have got sponsored by Pika. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Anyway. Come on, son. Come on, son. All right. So, the watch along is uh, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. Hawk, RIP, uh, October of 03. Animal, RIP, uh, it was October of 2020. Yeah, very. I remember during the pandemic or whatever. Um, I'm going to turn this over to Brother Beavis for a quick second. Uh, they are his favorite tag team. If I was the Rock and Roll Express, it's kind of funny. It's like we we always talk, you know, sports wise. Like man, when the Bengals and the Seahawks play, we just don't talk to each other for like a week. Like just, <laughs> it's like pretend like the game never happened. But if the Rock and Roll Express had ever faced the Road Warriors in 1986, 87. I don't know if our friendship would have survived. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a reason why that never happened. If you think about it, like the the we're about to see exhibit A of like you never on TV, you never actually got to see the Road Warriors work. They usually just ran through whoever it was. And then like actually having to watch them sell was like, wait, why what, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, so 
I just as as much as Ricky Morton could sell, I can't see him like selling thirty minutes of getting his ass beat by the Road Warriors. Right. So I don't even know what that match looks like. That would have had to. You been know a what it looks like. Well, yeah. yeah. Where's the offense? Yeah. Where's the offense? That's the rock and roll get. Like, there's no. Yeah. You know, that's just a match that never. I think we were safe. Yeah. Damn. But yeah. honestly, like, I think one. You know, they were great. The Road Warrior pop. They crushed ranks. Everything. But like, honestly, I think one of the things was like there were so few ways to get like metal music to hear like a song. And like, even though it's played out, like the opportunity to hear Iron Man, which we don't, don't get on Peacock. Cause I don't think yeah. they've cleared it. Like that was honestly like one of the things like, Oh, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's here's some black Sabbath on TV. I'm, right. I'm down with this. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, black kids were like, Hey, you know, I'm probably didn't hear it again until freaking Iron Man, the movie came out. Um, I mean, I, but always like the real words, you know, like, oh, you know, with they weren't wrestling the rock and roll, they were always babyface. But for the most part in the NWA, they were always the six man tag team champs with Dusty, which was always fun for me when they would stick a match on worldwide. I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. And they would just run through and beat up people. And I was like, oh, I like it. You know, their clotheslines were amazing. They were quick matches, shoulder block, clothesline, you know, they whatever. Sold. That was it. So yeah, huge fan, uh, big time then. Hudson Road Warrior, pop fan. Yeah, that yeah, I'm a big Road Warrior fan because they beat up everybody. Yeah, yeah, they were just great. Uh, I just, I mean, yeah, they were great. They're wrestling against the Varsity Club, which is Kevin Sullivan, who we just talked about. We had no idea why he was in the Varsity Club for whatever college that he had gone to. Versus, like the whole thing was they had their little wrestling gear with their college yeah. on it. He, he yeah. doesn't have. I think they tried to say he was from Boston or whatever. But mm-hmm. like he probably went put to the Yale. thing on. Yeah, put yeah. He, Harvard. He, he went to Yale or Harvard. They're evil, skull and bones. It all works. Well, he's teaming with Doctor Dusty Williams at RIP two thousand and nine. Oh, forgot about that. Um. Yeah. Uh. We were huge fans of the UWF. When I go back and watch some of that mid south stuff. Dude was amazing too. Um, just an amazing, like, big man wrestler or whatever. And, you know, the stories they tell, he was an absolute real life tough guy who would go into bars and beat the shit out of everybody as well. Um, you could tell why Jim Ross loved him because he did um, completely. Um, the house. Yeah. I mean, he just was like, that was his dude. Um, he went out completely sad in WWF in that freaking tough man battle or whatever that shit was called and he got knocked the fuck out awful and in his wrestling career he just couldn't do anything after that point. But yeah, we were huge fans. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Death. Like I said, him and Ted DiBiase teaming together was just awesome back in the day. <laughs> too, so. But it, in, it, in the UWF, you think about like it was the, the, the solid foundation of the Bill Watts booking but with like enough hot shotting to try and get it over because he yeah. was at a disadvantage and really a lot of talent on the roster. And that shit was like nothing we'd ever seen. No, we were, I mean, again, we, that shit, I don't know what channel that was on 64, 48 or whatever it like was on in Dayton. What is this? On and, random Saturdays. Oh, yeah, you wake I, up yeah. like <laughs> UWF. Oh shit. Oh, it's shit, not on no. this week. Damn. Who's Creflo Dollar? This preacher off the station here. I wanted to watch wrestling. No, yeah, awful. Yeah, much like uh, Pride of the X-Men. But anyway, y'all. All All right, so if you go to the Peacock, and you have to go to, I think our timestamp said 144.08. By the way, we did not talk about Paul Ellering as the manager here. He is not deceased. 
We also, as we're getting to this watch along, you see Teddy Long, who is a solid hundred pounds lighter. You gonna give it? Ain't he gone now? No, Teddy. No, Teddy Long's still with us. He is. Yeah, Teddy Long's still with us. Why? I'm pretty sure. Don't go quote me on that. Y'all look at that up. All right. So we, as the watch alongs go, we do a countdown. You know, like a three, two, one. Press play, and we go from there. Uh, by the way, the um, uh, I think the Varsity Club are the NWA United States Tag Team Champions, but the belts are not on the line during this match. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Look at Teddy Long, man. Player. Paul Ellering really never served much of a function, though. No, I think he was more like their legit business Legitimate manager, manager. Yeah. but not really much. At some point in time, we're going to talk about the worst thing that ever happened was when the, when the Real Wars did go to WWF and got gimmicked the fuck off. When he got his, when he got his midget or his... Uh... Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> See, Kevin Sullivan just like he is what he is. He's great for what he is. He doesn't yeah. belong in this match. No, no. it's so small. Right, caught. Oh, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that was pretty awful. I mean, yeah, he man. he he loved getting beat up on. Mm. And you, that's kind of funny. Yep, Doc Death. Not nah, can't fight in the corner. Yeah, I don't think so. Big man. Ooh, nice to see some. And I'm sure there's probably some Japanese matches somewhere oh, where it's probably sure. him and Gordy. Well, actually, yeah, the Miracle Violence connection comes to WCW <laughs> at some point. So that, yeah. well, no, maybe they don't, but yeah, there's definitely some Road Warriors versus Gordy and Williams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as a decent sized guy as he is here, like in WWF, he was smaller. Yeah. In those big ass rings. Mm. Like he was a, you know, he was a power. He, like he's about to pop out like a press slam on a hawk here in a minute. Wow. And uh, yeah, in WWF, he was just small. Now that's a power slam. Holy cow. Yeah. That was, hawk was your favorite road warrior, correct? No, no. And I like <laughs> animal as clotheslines as power slams. Although mm-hmm. hawk is by far better on the microphone. Mike, on the microphone, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm I'm at a loss whether I like the two sided makeup or the red spiral, the asymmetric <laughs> red spiral with the triangle. I I can't decide. Did, did they do their own makeup? Yeah, I assume so. I think so. That they're very artistic for it's them just, two gentlemen. Yeah, for real. Teddy Long has a a Jerry curl mullet. Uh, I mean, Hawks drop kicks are pretty great. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hawks flying moves are great. But. Yeah. You know, the psychology of building to a match like this, you know, when you have two big ass teams, this is very difficult. Look at this. Oh my goodness. Jeez Louise. Yeah, so this this was the weird part is like watching the Road Warriors work. It's like uh, (laughs) why is this still going on? Come on, that's terrible. Just goes over and kicks Kevin Sullivan. Nice. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, but we did miss the whole intro. They can't pay for the. We can't have nice things because they yeah. won't pay for the music. Right. But don't get the actual Road Warrior pop. I mean, match wise, I want to say Rick Steiner's is over as the Road Warriors. Like, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, but then at this point in time, and like I said, they're gone here shortly thereafter yeah. as well yeah. to the WWE. But 
I, it's, I, man, it, it was just so sad to see them there. They just never fit, even yeah. with the freaking uh, – that was a terrible freaking slap to the chest. Um, even with the, the oversized uh, shoulder pads and all that, it was just terrible. Oh, over the top rope. Now, that used to be an automatic disqualification. disqualification. Yeah, yeah so we haven't talked too much about that. But, yeah, they say the words, this is WCW, we wrestle about a thousand times. Mm. And I, I do feel like this is a point where WCW realized they started uh, their, I guess, or is this JCP at this point? Or WCW? No, that's it. NWA. No, it's still, yeah, it's still NWA. They had, so they, they were, had I think, starting to realize they're fighting for their lives here. And mm. this this card is like, Six baby faces win, three title changes. We mm-hmm. wrestle here. I feel like they're really trying to please the Pushy. crowd. Yeah. And this is like 8,000 in a 9,000 arena versus mm-hmm. the one we just watched for WWF was like 18,000. Right. So they like doubled down on the we wrestle here, but I don't think they, they weren't, there was no WWF fan they were taken because that was the mainstream. I just like wrestling audience. Mm-hmm. And we just watched yeah. that pay-per-view where like the best work matches, like were the least over the least reaction was where there, anyone was actually working in the ring. And the funny thing is, is that it, uh, their inability to figure out like, Oh, okay. Being unique in and of itself, not trying to be like a WWF right. cheap copy. Like right. it was like, well, that's no, we got to do it like this, and they really messed it up. Like you alienated completely the there. people that watched it before, and if they wanted to watch that freaking cartoon wrestling, they'd watch who would do yeah. it better anyway. So why? Yeah, I think they were hurt. I think from trying to overexpose and be national. Like I think they could have been fine if they just kind of worked there, a large territory, right? Um, but yeah. Yeah, we did get a double, uh, the double foot gut stomp by Sullivan. Mm, yes, that, that's a great move. Hmm. Oh yes, that was oh. great. I love that move. Yeah. Yeah, animal playing Ricky Morton. Yeah, he is. <laughs> taking pretty whooping. hard here. Yeah, taking an ass whooping. Yeah, I mean, and nobody, nobody wants to see this. You're right. Yeah, I try to see animal be beat up like this. <laughs> I try. I begged you to watch another, do another different watch. No, nah, but it's time. That. Yeah, because you just don't want to watch your dudes get beat the hell up. They win. Spoiler alert. Hey, still got another twenty minutes. No, no. This not. is. I think is probably uh, the the best black podcaster in the world was probably like, what's the shortest damn match on this? Card? <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to edit and be in sli- be yeah. in bed before midnight. <laughs> Oh. And, then the, yeah. and then the lights come out. Look at Animal Morton. <laughs> yes, again. The, the oh. biggest difference about not being able to freaking, you know, having hot tags and, you know, pe- somebody getting, you know, we're using all the wrestling terms, getting heat and all of these types of things to get people into matches. It just doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's crazy like, that Animal is like, they get the heat on Animal, like, because... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, he would probably be the one I would think the most. It's probably more difficult. I guess, I guess, uh, Hawk can probably make a hotter tag. Yeah, because animals yeah, is going to come yeah. in and do two things. Yeah, clothesline and clothesline, clothesline and power slam. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right, throw you in the roof. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, if you go into our archives or brothers comments on this page, you'll see our R.I.P. Animal podcast. I mean, you know, that was. Not a fun time when that happened. Uh, and it was really kind of shortly right after the dark side of the ring with um, Hulk. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, it was not a not a good time. I think I see little Billy Apner out there on the taking pictures outside. <laughs> crowd is hot enough for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowds always seem to be more amped, or they're hyped for the matches. get up player. Yes, hot tag. Got to jump over the top rope. Three three quarters jump. Mm. Yeah, not bad. It's struggled. Oh, there's the piss. I love the. <laughs> I love that. The freaking he kind of winds it up before he hits the. I love that shoulder. Ugh. My God, yeah, get. I guess. Hawk is the better option to make the hot tag. Yeah. Did y'all y'all never saw them wrestle right and live? Um, yeah, we saw them. In certainly did. Yeah. Y'all did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm trying to figure out who they wrestle. Uh, can't quite remember that though. So yeah, I'm sure, sure it was some sort of schmaz BS finish. Yeah. Well, was that, I mean, because we saw the Midnight's wrestle too uh, against Wahoo One for the somebody. Doomsday Device. Uh, yeah. A great finisher too. But you know when finishers like that here. Mm. The the no man. Yes. <laughs> Double pin. Playing like Steve Wing. He's like not only are the shoulders not down, but his head's <laughs> in the ropes. And Dr. Death is like, We did it. <laughs> Wait, what? Close one. So now they have another song piped in here. I don't know if that's like overdubbed or if they had just probably so they couldn't afford that song anymore or whatever. Mm. But nice. Oh, I thought the Road Warriors. I thought oh, all right, that's the end of that match. So you can stop your play it through there back to the podcast. I mean, Luger comes in with a very mild promo. Yes, and again, he gets better. Uh, for sure. I guess I can't. Really, I'm the defending Lex well, Luger. Face finisher. Luger is not, yes, not great. Not great no, no doubt about that. Okay. So all right. So yeah, man. I I I, I thought it was a decent enough match. You know, it was good to see the Road Warriors, and again in a non-squash situation because a lot of times when you see these pay-per-views, especially when we were watching them along, they were gimmick matches too. You know, mm. I'm not trying to watch a scaffold match or you know some shit like that. The war you games. Know, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm like, I'm, that was at least a competitive match where you got a chance to see them wrestle a little bit. But yeah, all right. The main event, y'all. <laughs> Woo! There's news about Ric Flair oh, in the news, uh, where he's wanting to wrestle again. He's uh, 73. Three or four, yeah. 73 year old Ric Flair is trying to train for one last match. Okay, so did y'all see him get retired on WWF? Have you seen that on? Like, it's did on. Randy I Orton you, beat him? Uh, no. Uh, or Triple Sean, H. I think it might have been Shawn Tri- Michaels. It, I think Shawn Michaels, had, I think, was his last. Yeah, I think it was Shawn Michaels. I think he's had but, several retirement matches. Well, but I'm saying after that, where they came and did like a this is your life kind of special. Then they whip it's on the it's on the network, and I think you can even watch well if they haven't scrubbed him because of his uh foibles. Shout out female perspective. Um he they they wrestled the match, he gets pinned, they know it's his last match, you know. I mean, and Flair, for all you think about it, man, dude can cry on a dime, man. He gets very <laughs> emotional, like about this shit. And so he's in the ring, you know, blah 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 blah. And then Triple H comes back, and they literally do like a this is your life. And 
like you start calling people out. Oren was there like as an agent at the time. So he comes out and I think is Tully there. Tully might've even been there too. Maybe I can't remember. And the, or Barry or something like that. And they all come out and they all say these great things about him and other people. And his kids are there and they come out and he's crying all over the place. And, you know, everybody's saying all these nice things. Oh, bring out evolution with Batista and Randy Orton. You know, this is cool, this whole thing. You know, and then at the end of the night, um, the Undertaker comes out, you know, with the full music, boom, drop the lights or whatever. And he comes out to the middle of the ring and he goes to, <clears throat> takes his hat off and goes to his knees. And it's just like, you know, mm. you know, like you're the man or something, you know, like essentially like that. And Flair is literally bawling as if somebody died. Uh, literally. His career. Well, I mean, but this was in fucking 2000 and shit, you know. three, four, five, maybe. And I bring all of that up to just say, one, about him trying to wrestle another match, which is absolutely ridiculous. But what y'all don't know is that even though I hated this man so much in the mid-80s, came all the way around, there was a Christmas time where the three of the people <laughs> on this podcast gifted each other the same Ric Flair DVD to one another for Christmas. <laughs> like, it was like, hey, oh, I got that too. Hey, who gave it to you? <laughs> so, like, Take we one were, and hand it down. Yeah, we we are huge fans. Hutch is a huge fan. Huge. Uh, the Nature Boy. Woo! Uh, yeah, I mean, we are fans of this man. And what this match is going to remind me of I forgot how good he was. <laughs> how could you forget? No, because he became such a caricature of himself later on, where his matches did all look exactly the same. The mm-hmm. freaking get thrown off the top, the flip over in the corner, the strut, the, the woo, the crazy. The, 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 like the, bag, just, the bag, don't beat me up. Right. <laughs> yeah, it became the so flop in the, the middle of the ring. Later. Yeah. But this is like, Hey, I'm a full-on wrestler. I can psychology your ass completely in a match by taking my powders and taking time and interacting with the fans. Like he's so freaking good. He's so good, man. It's just ridiculous. This is what that match taught. So he I, is, he's the Morgan Freeman of wrestling. He <laughs> will he will he will get your young person and and put it, uh, put a shine put on him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're like who is this Ric Flair character I've heard so much about, I would highly recommend you start here. Yeah, this is a good place to start. I agree. And uh, as, might, might be before this. But well, yeah. but but like so, I agree. Like they made Ricky Steamboat is is in a sense unlikable because mm-hmm. they, he's the family man, Ricky Steamboat, and like his promos are not good. Not good. But once the match starts, oh my yeah. god, this oh, match no. is. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Now, I did not forget how good Ricky Steamboat was. I mm. remember that. Like, he's just like the classic babyface. And he was great. So his demise in the WWF uh, was like, he was great. Uh, and he's like, hey, I want to take some time off to have a child. And they're like, fire. why don't you take the rest of your career off? <laughs> that's horrible. Like, for real? That's yeah, awful. Yes, that's terrible. But, but realistically, I mean, like, I think we see now, like, I think Macho Man was lucky to sort of break through in that group to yeah. the title. Mm-hmm. Steamboat would have always been sort of at that that kind of that intercontinental championship tier. Yeah. As you see, Hotch just pulled up where Ricky Steamboat was like, no, nah, I ain't doing no my last match against 
somebody that's I mean shit. He almost he was legitimately almost dead a couple of years ago. Mm. I don't think uh putting him in the match like that. But yeah, right. so this match is for the NWA World Championship. Um it's a great match. Like if you like classic wrestling, this is a great match for you to do. And it's not like Flair having to carry people like Sting later on, Luger, other people. He's not kidding. Like this is just two really good wrestlers pretty much at their peak having a really good wrestling match. Yeah. And as Brother Beavis alluded to earlier, the next one is even better. Yeah. Like is a much better match than this one, which is saying something. And this um, one is like it's not like they're the pacing is off or there's like so quote unquote rest holds. This is a, a, a very active match. Back yeah. and forth, hard hitting. The chops are ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they sell everything. Right. And, and the thing that hit me that was hilarious watching this is like if you think about like Hogan's signature move being the Punch, punch, shake it off, and then goes into his finishing sequence. Yeah. But like Flair's, Flair's signature <laughs> move is like the get thrown in the turnbuckle, flip upside down, yeah. run to the other R- side, <laughs> get thrown off. Out. Yeah. Like his signature move is getting his ass beat. Uh, yeah. And yeah. even, and even when he hits it, like where he doesn't get thrown off the top, they wind up flipping it over into a, a you yeah. know, like flipping him over on his cross body. It, dude is just, he is, was amazing. But, but we the, don't, the figure four is legit at this yes, point still. Yes, exactly. Yes. Great move. Uh, I mean, do and not again, try that at home. Do not try it at home. And again, nobody's losing on finishers here, y'all. It mm. just doesn't happen. Hell, I, what, what is Ricky Steamboat's finisher? Uh, splash it, off the it, top? It, it, it's yeah. A splash, it's yeah. a splash off the top. A okay. Drag, yeah. Drag so, and he, he had just beat Flair. He pinned Flair. I don't know if it's a tag team match or non-title match, but he had just pinned Flair with that very move. Mm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, but not in no paint pay-per-view main events. Like, no. I, I, and I would really like to know where were that line of that started. Like, where like, oh yeah, people are going to just lose the finishers, you know? Like, you know, and now in modern wrestling, you got to give them like ten finishers. I couldn't give him the bionic elbow once. I had to give him to him fifteen times through a steel freaking cage and onto a bed of freaking tacks and nails or whatever and then that was the pinfall like you know it's the psychology in this match is so freaking good man but we do kind of get a dusty finish you know with a bump ref um yeah you know we do get the bump ref but you know but it's also a hot finish too because he's like flair's about to put the figure four on and then he gets a roll up out of it yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, and then Teddy Long comes in and makes the count as, as the other referee got bumped. One, two, three, we get a new champ, Rick Steamboat, you know. And to be honest with you, the best part about that was the locker room thing where they were celebrating That's in right. the back, you right. know, where they go to the back and like legitimately had <laughs> champagne back there because Rick Steamboat was like, I can't see. Like he was trying <laughs> to get through this freaking interview with Bob Cottle. Uh, like it was just like a really good, you know, kind of moment there. And you could watch that. And again, what we're in our late teens here. You could watch that and have thought that might have been somewhat legit if you were probably a couple of years younger. Like you could have been like, oh, damn, wow, that was awesome. And then they're celebrating like, you know, when freaking Magic and them win yeah. the championship. You know, like this must be legit. Like this is like I totally get it. You know, and you know, that's probably the thing that's missed about what we watch at WWE was it, it you know, it was presented as entertainment. This was trying to still be presented as a sport. 
like a legitimate sport and they treated it as such. But the times is a changing. Yeah. And because uh, <laughs> that, that, I mean, the highlights of the Royal Rumble was the super pose down and the yeah. drama between Hogan and Macho Man. Yeah, that's it. Not wrestling. No, the wrestling. Yeah. Oh. All right, y'all. That is Chi Town Heat. The only Chi Town Heat. Uh, you know, not like we could go back and see the one from 1990. I think this is the only Chi Town Heat. Uh, did the heat, they moved the heat other places. Was that what the, the move was? It was just, you know. But this is, you know, this was interesting. Like the, 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 the contrast between the longtime dusty booking style was overemphasizing the chase. And so mm-hmm. the, the bad guys would win more often than not. So that once the faces finally won, it was that much better. And the contrast was WWF always sent you home happy. You always <laughs> the, the, the good guys were always going to win. And so mm-hmm. this particular pay-per-view, again, like seven matches, the good guys win three? six times. Oh. And there's three title changes. This mm-hmm. feels like they're starting yeah, to sweat. Sure. Right. Yeah. But I will say this, and I think we talk about this when we talk about the movies and Marvel movies or whatever. Like villains make this freaking story. Oh yeah, the chase is better. Yeah, it's better to have somebody chasing a heel champion than it is to have a babyface champion. It yep. just—I mean, why did you I mean? Why do you think people eventually turned on Hogan? They yep. were just tired of seeing it. Why do you think people turned on John Cena? They were tired of seeing it. Like, turn them heel. Do something, man. Like, I just can't continue watching the same crap year after year after year. You know? So, I just... Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's that one. We are... What's the next one up, Brother Beavis? Uh, it's back to the WWF. Yeah. Um, He's looking that up. I just uh, is it Survivor Series? Is that what it is? It's uh, I was look as you're looking that up. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Stephanie McMahon is taking a leave of absence. I just saw on the Twitter, uh, from her duties at the uh, WWE, uh, to take care of her family. And obviously, Triple H had a major health scare. I would say uh, a couple of months ago. That's probably somewhat related to that. Okay, so yeah, we'll come back for that. Hutch, I think you just found like if you show this on the video side, we would not be able to uh, post this. Uh, so we may watch that there. But if you haven't, if you are a Ric Flair fan, do a image or a Google search for Ric Flair's like last match. It looks like it's from um, that's not gonna be the whole thing, but Ric Flair's last match in uh, WWFE against Shawn Michaels. Uh, so yeah, that'll be what kind of looking at that image there. If you look for that, you can go back and see it. If you've never seen it, it's a great, great moment. Oh, it's all right. So, so actually, I, uh, unless there's another WCW event, I think next is the granddaddy of them all. Oh, really? WrestleMania Five. Oh God, what's the freaking main event there? This is, I believe, Hogan Macho Man. Oh God. Well, I, you know what? I love Macho Man. Before he became steroided up, Macho, I was a really big fan. Oh, uh, before. God, it's a giant card. This is gonna yeah. be another two-parter. Yeah, <laughs> fourteen matches. Good lord! We'll get Although through. there's only two that are more than ten minutes. Shocking, shocking. Yes. Bad uh, News Brown versus Jim Duggan. Mm, the mm. Red Rooster versus Bobby Heenan. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dino Bravo versus Ronnie Garvin. Mm. Uh, Battle, Battle of Canadians. Canadians. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, awesome. All right, Brain so Busters good. and Strike Force. That might be our watch one. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. So, as the WCW or NWA Saturday Night News, let's throw us out. I am the Producer Podcast, and I'm signing off. Fred, do Fred, sign off. See you in uh, April 1999, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very close. I definitely not watching the Go ahead and sign off. Peace and All right, y'all. We'll see you on the other side. Peace.